I'm big Kim energy all the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're in trouble now. Why? 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 Hi, I'm Alex Logan. I'm Lizzie Bassett, and we're back. It surprised yeah. us as much as it surprised you guys. Uh, here we are. We've made it to episode two. <laughs> Welcome to IMDb is Obsessed. This is episode two. It's the show that tells you the one movie or TV series that we think you should be watching this week. That is accurate. I'm extremely excited about the show we're recommending to you today, not just because it has naked parties, although oh. I did really enjoy the naked party. We are picking the sex lives of college girls this week. Uh, it is on HBO Max. You might wonder, why are you choosing to tell us about this this week? Didn't this come out a couple weeks ago? Yes, it did. But we think that it deserves to be the topic of conversation right now because the final two episodes have dropped. So you can binge the entire season right now, as I did. I sat down on my couch meaning to watch one episode, and I watched all of them. Um, yes. Which, you know, I think my animals were worried that maybe I wasn't okay because I hadn't moved in several hours. <laughs> and it also got picked up for a season two. So it's a yeah. series that you're definitely going to want to get caught up on uh, before the conversation passes you by. Because it's one of those shows that I think a lot of people recommend. And you go, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll watch it later. And then you finally catch up on it. And everybody's already watched it and talked about why they yeah. love it. So we want to get you in early and get you in up on this conversation and have you talking about why it's so much fun. Don't watch it later, you nerds. Watch it now. We're going to talk about the four leads of the show who are truly all breakout stars. We really love them. Uh, we're also going to have a little interview with Pauline Chalamet, who plays Kimberly Finkel, and she was absolutely delightful. Very excited for you yes. guys to hear that. And then following that, Alex is going to give you a little history lesson on Mindy Kaling. Professor Alex in the house. Let me put on my glasses and oh my god, uh, my lab coat. When Alex says his glasses, I do just want to specify that he saw an early screening of The Matrix, and the glasses that he has are the uh, little clip-on Morpheus, Morpheus glasses. glasses. So just get that image in your head because it's not one I'll ever be able to get out of mine. I, I look cool, right? Uh, so we promise that there won't be any spoilers in this episode. We are going to talk about, you know, a couple of things that happen, but we will not reveal any of the big cliffhangers or twists or turns. And there are a lot of them. Yeah. The, each episode is great at ending on a cliffhanger that makes you want to go into the next one. And that's probably why you couldn't get up off your couch and watch the whole series in one long sit. A hundred percent. Thanks, Mindy. Now I have bed sores. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> the sex lives of college girls, uh, Mindy Kaling created this series with Brooklyn nine, nine and never have I ever writer, Justin Noble. It stars Pauline Chalamet. Yes. That Chalamet as Kimberly Finkel, Amrit Carr as Bella Malhotra, Renee Rapp as Leighton Murray and Aaliyah Chanel Scott as Whitney Chase. The series follows these four young women as they enter their freshman year at the prestigious and also fictional Essex college. But clearly based on any of the New England type uh, Ivy, Ivy League, League yeah. colleges. Yeah, very prestigious and very wealthy. Very small, very insular. Yeah, and cut off from the world. And it makes it feel like all of the things going on in this campus are the whole world and very, very important to these characters. 
Yeah. Before we get to the sort of rundown on Mindy, I want to just briefly talk about the four stars of this, starting with Pauline Chalamet. She's really amazing. She's very awkward, very cute, which seems to be kind of the opposite of what she is in real life. She seems extremely cool. She lives in Paris and uh, directs short films and is just a badass. That's Chalamet family. They're great. But yeah, she had her feature film debut in The King of Staten Island. And now she is in this show, and I'm so excited that we get to see her character move forward into a season two. Next up is Renee Rapp. She plays Leighton Murray, who's kind of the alpha girl of the of the apartment, I would say. Yes, uh, she's a she's, bit of the Regina George of the apartment, which is right, appropriate. <laughs> because she played her on Broadway yes. in the Mean Girls musical. And yeah, uh, she is perfect as that. I'm sure she took a lot of the inspiration in that to play this character, who seems very Regina George to begin with. But then mm-hmm. as they start to peel back the layers and reveal who she is, Renee Rapp really gets to dig into an amazing character. Yeah, for sure. We've also got Amrit Carr uh, as Bella Malhotra, and she is really incredible in this. She plays a young woman who is desperately trying to be a comedy writer and to break into the comedy club on campus. That goes awry relatively quickly. um, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but uh, her storyline is really fascinating. She's one of the broader characters in this at the beginning, and I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to connect to her, but... You absolutely do. I think her storyline is one of the best in the whole show. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see what she does next. She's excellent. Yeah. It's a one note character that really reveals so much more. And she does a great, great performance of that. And then the fourth roommate is Aaliyah Chanel Scott, um, who also comes from the theater. She toured with the Book of Mormon. um, And it's her first acting credit on IMDb is the Sex Lives of College Girls. And she plays the very driven, somewhat of a straight man to Mm -hmm. the other three women who are a little bit zanier, a little bit bigger, broader characters. Um, And she is excellent in that. It's a difficult role to play. Yeah, it really is. She plays a rising soccer star whose mother is also a senator, a uh, mother played by Sherry Shepard, who is great. An awesome very role, funny. yeah. The parents the parents are not in this very much. They drop the kids off. They come back for a Parents Weekend episode later mm-hmm. in the season. They're all excellent. They're all so funny. I loved Craig Kakowski as, as Kimberly Finkel's dad, yeah. crying as he drove away from college. Just a, a beautiful one shot. <laughs> Rob Hubel showing up as uh, yes. Leighton's really obnoxious rich dad. Um, With white ex- hair now. I know. I, he looks good as a silver fox. I, he does. I like it. Very, very Steve Martin-y. Alex, I have to ask, which which character are you? If we're going to Samantha Miranda Charlotte carry ourselves mm. in this, um, who do you land between Kimberly, Leighton, Bella, and Whitney? I'm I'm big Kim energy all the way. <laughs> That's who I was. I was a <laughs> nerdy, uh, you know, kind of outsider kid from a who was a poor kid, had to work student jobs like she did at the coffee shop, but very much a Bella in what my pursuits were and wanting mm. to be, you know, a comedian, comedy writer as much as possible and really uh, probably being obnoxiously, singularly focused as well when I was 18 years old and being like, I'm going to write comedy. I'm going to write comedy. I'm going to write comedy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So somewhere in between the two of them, but probably leaning more towards Kimberly, all things considered. How about yourself? I think I also have a heaping dose of Kimberly Finkel uh, in me for sure. Definitely. Is that why related. we're friends? Maybe. Mm. But I think I'm a bit split between Kimberly and Leighton 
which if, if that's even possible, there's something that Renee Rapp said in an interview where she basically approached Leighton's character as Leighton feels that she is the main character of everyone's lives, um, which I think is a pretty common thing that a lot of college freshmen feel going in is that, you know, like, this is my movie. I'm starring in it. Yeah. And I definitely am guilty of that. And I think you learn very quickly that that's that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the magic trick of the first season. This is a show that's definitely going into a lot of those kinds of topics. It does a good job with undercutting it with comedy and sympathetic yeah. characters as well, where you actually are rooting for them and understanding that they're 18 year olds, they're freshmen in college. Um, you know, sorry to any of our younger listeners, but you don't know that much about the world yet. No. <laughs> as, as you will get slapped in the face by numerous times in the coming future. Uh, and, you know, they think they've got it figured out and they think they know who they are, but very quickly those walls crumble and you start to figure out who they really are and who they're going to become. And that's the interesting journey that you follow yes. with them. They introduce them. They make them incredibly likable, if still flawed. And yeah. you want to see them fail and flail through another semester. There also isn't really a main character. It, they really yes. do a great job of uh, the ensemble carrying it all the way through. There's no sort of primary storyline that emerges, which is pretty unusual for a show like this. Even with something like, you know, Girls, Sex and the City, Community, they kind of force yeah. your hand as to who your entry point is, whether it's, you know, Lena Dunham's character or Carrie, um, Joel McHale's character in Community. That doesn't happen here. And that's a really nice thing, I think, because they offer so many entry points there's a lot of specific experiences for LGBTQ plus and BIPOC characters. Um, and it just really, it allows you to enter the story in this world in the best way for you to do that, um, whoever you are. And I think that that's a really difficult thing to do and they, they really pull it off. The last yeah. thing I'll call out that you must, you must watch this show for is in episode two, there is a naked party. Uh, yep. It made me laugh so hard. And apparently this is a real thing. Um, according to Justin not Noble. Not at my college. And not at mine either, as far <laughs> as I know. Uh, Dad, this never happened. But um, Justin Noble did go to Yale. And he said in an interview that apparently he pitched a naked party. And everybody was like, that's ridiculous. And then he was like, no, it's real. <laughs> like, it's, I've been to them. Um, that's so, so it's funny. very funny. And that's that episode is a great showcase for Lolo Spencer, uh, who's super funny in this. Um, just one of the many, many side characters and and other, uh, you know, other students that they meet along the way that are really funny and get a moment to shine. Um, yeah, I just I really like her as Jocelyn. Uh, she's, she's great. She's really funny. Yeah. Well, we were very lucky to get the chance to actually talk to Pauline Chalamet, a.k.a. Kimberly Finkel, about uh, her experience on the show, what she loves about the character. Um how it relates to her own college experience, and also a little bit about the one and only Mindy Kaling. So check it out. I, I just listened to your first episode. Oh my oh, gosh, thank, thank you. you. I loved it. Oh, oh thank wow. you so much. And I'm so excited to see her film. And also, I'm, I hadn't heard of Harlem. It's really fun. And yeah, I recently saw The Piano. So now I'm like, you know, in that mode. Yeah, did you enjoy it? Love. And also what really turned me on was like, I think, Lizzie, you were saying this, that like Westerns aren't really your thing. Yeah. They're not really my thing either. And I often find that when people, I mean, I like 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 old time Westerns or, you know, like spaghetti Westerns, like things that were like Western. But I remember even when Odiao made the Sisters Brothers, mm. it was kind mm. of like, okay, like it's a Western. Yeah. <laughs> but, I was like, but then when you were like thrillers, like, you know, I was like, oh, now I really want to see this movie. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I hope you like it. I hope that was an accurate description. But we're so excited today to talk about The Sex Lives of College Girls. I just finished it this morning and I'm completely obsessed. I really loved it. 
Yay, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We really enjoyed the first season and we wanted to just start out by asking, what did you connect most to in the character of Kimberly Finkel? Kimberly Finkel. <laughs> Such a wonderful name. Oh my God. <laughs> but Kimberly Finkel, who's not Jewish. Oh, right. And and I was like, Finkel is a Jewish name. Um, <laughs> That's, I never but, thought about that. It's a good point. But I think there were a lot of ways in which I was able to enter Kimberly or like that were doors into her. The thing I loved most though was her candidness. Yeah. She kind of just like says what she is feeling when she's comfortable. And the moments where she's not comfortable, she's not very good at expressing herself. Yes. So the cool thing that I got even from the pilot a little was when I first read it, was like she's someone who knows what she wants. And it says it, so you know that she's capable of expressing herself and of saying what it is she wants. But then when she doesn't feel comfortable to do so, it's kind of like very weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she has was, to filter I, it through the yes. awkwardness, through that character, and then you get some yeah. really funny results. I definitely relate to that. <laughs> yes. That was my, my thing that I, I was like, hmm, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, she has some amazingly, uh, some some moments that result in some amazing awkwardness from her candor um, that are just so endearing. And I really just found myself rooting for her the whole way through. Um, without spoiling too much, I did just finish the season. Uh, and where do you hope to see Kimberly go in season two? I mean, you guys just got season two, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, I would have been so mad if you hadn't because there's a lot of cliffhangers <laughs> at the end. But yeah, I'm curious, um, uh, wh what do you hope to see her head into? I, I want for Kimberly to continue to grow into the person um, that she is because I think that... It's very easy when you go to like a liberal college university setting to melt and like mold into mm. this idea of who you're supposed to be. And I think it's completely normal at 18 years old. I think it's actually completely normal your entire college career to have questions and doubts and, you know, being like, okay, what, what do I want to appropriate? What do I want to like change about myself in this environment? Like that I'm learning from this environment, but what are the things that I want to hold true to myself? What are the things that I values I grew up with? So what I want for Kimberly is to, like, to really see that she can explore who she is and she can do, she can, you know, break out of her shell more and more. I want her to break out, break out, <laughs> break out. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, she is in control of her life. And I think that's a really important thing to learn that I think I learned a little after college. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that it could be cool for Kimberly to figure it out while she's in college. And I, and I use the word cool, like, I think it is cool. I think that's cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Yeah, it's about all these girls figuring out how to be cool and how to be <laughs> real people in this world. I mean, are there parallels that you see to your own experiences uh, that Kimberly's going through? Or is, <laughs> is that a good point of connection that you could make with the character? Yeah, I think that college is this weird purgatory <laughs> where you're an adult-ish because you're 18, right. but you're in an institution you're going to school you're not fully working it's like in my head college doesn't really come at the right time the college should come like you should graduate from high school and then work and then like three or four years later you get to go to college yes but that's not that we don't work that way no. <laughs> but I think that I could really relate to Kimberly you know trying to fit in in an institution where she feels a little out of place um I could also relate to her in having to work uh, while she was in school and also trying to find out who her people are. Mm -hmm. You know, I think what, something that'll be interesting uh, as the show develops itself more is what is the like authentic under the like rooted uh, relationship that these girls have because you, get um you have roommates in college and right. sometimes they become like your best best friends but sometimes they're not but there is this weird connection because you still live together and because there's four of us I am just like interested in seeing how that develops too yeah that's a really good point I feel like going into college you you sort of feel like oh these these are going to be my best friends these you know eight people that I met on the first day and it's like no you know maybe one will stick around yeah. <laughs> and that's okay <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely had a very different college experience uh, in terms of the dorm room situation. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> there's like a suite. I mean, like they have a living room. It's decorated. It's like clean, kind of. Then they have two yeah, That's a fancy dorm room. <laughs> yeah. I was like in a basement. It was leaking. <laughs> like, it's not bad. Yeah, shout out to BU's dorms, which are famously designed by a prison architect. Woo woo. No, nice. <laughs> yeah, Warren Towers. <laughs> um, so last question, just so I, I know you have to wrap in a few minutes. Um, you obviously got the chance to collaborate with Mindy Kaling uh, on this. What was your favorite part of working with her? or what, what do you feel like you learned from getting the chance to work with her on this? I think Mindy's really good at taking charge. Um, mm. When she was on set, we mostly worked together on the pilot, and it was very clear that she, like her brain was on, and she was able to kind of express what that meant for her. So she was really good at communicating um, when it had to do with the work and what what she wanted and what was expected and why we were altering some language and it just she was just a very very good communicator and also she is such a powerhouse you know it was like very impressive to be with her on set where obviously she's wearing many hats and has been in the position in front of the camera so mm -hmm. really understands that side too and I have to say it was like just a dream being able to 
watch her brain work and ask questions that then were answered in a way that made a lot of sense. And so there was like this loop of communication that really functioned and worked on set. So that was like a big, big takeaway. That's lovely. Well, I feel like you can really see that in the show and and the collaboration between all of you really comes through. And it's just, it's such a wonderful show. We're so glad it got a season two. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. This was super fun. Good luck with your podcast. Thank thank you. you. It's super fun. It feels like just like two people who um, did this without mics. (laughs) <laughs> but then now you put mics in front of you and now you <laughs> keep having these conversations. Thank you. I, That's like- I was like, I wonder if they were like during the pandemic in a room together, like talking about this. And then they were like, let's like make a podcast. That's about right. And thank yep. you very much. That's probably the best compliment we could get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Well, it was nice talking to you guys. You Great too. To thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah. Bye. Have a good one. Can't wait for more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was so much fun to talk with Pauline. And, you know, she really reminded us how much of yeah, a seriously. boss Mindy Kaling is and how how just what a comedy icon she is. And we wanted to do this little deep dive history lesson on Mindy Kaling's early career. So without yes, further please. ado, let's jump into it. So, you know, as we said, she co-created it with Justin Noble, who worked on her other show, Never Have I Ever. Yes. She's also working on a Legally Blonde 3 script right now. She's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, really came up out of this passion and love for comedy. But really where we first saw her was The Office. She of was course. Kelly Kapoor. And she started on as a writer and performer, which is not something that a lot of people have really ever done. You know, as as a sitcom, as a starting job, jumping into, you know, Hollywood as a writer. Wait, and I didn't performer. realize that. So she was hired as both at the. Oh, I she was thought a staff, she started as a writer. No, she was a staff writer and as Kelly Kapoor. Oh, wow. Um, cast on the show. Yeah, because she's in that first season. She's, yeah, she, you're right. you know, started in 2005 and she was in through to the end, moving up the ranks eventually to executive producer. So, I mean, you know, I, I can't think of better comedy bona fides than being on The Office for that long. And that was a really competitive writer's room. A lot of Ivy League writers, um, the creator of The American Office, Greg Daniels, is from The Simpsons. So, you know, he mm. ran it in the similar fashion. But even with all that competition, she wrote 22 episodes episodes over the course of of the office and she wrote some of some of the best ones in the night out which is the one where <laughs> dwight and michael party in new york with ryan yes. uh or classy christmas which i love um not just for the uh santa kangle hat that um michael scott <laughs> wears throughout it but it's it's just a wonderful uh episode but her breakout the reason that she really came onto the scene is this play that she wrote called matt and ben yeah and she co-wrote it and co-stars in it with uh, a playwright named brenda withers and it's about the script for goodwill hunting falling from the heavens into yes. the hands of matt damon and ben affleck <laughs> uh mindy kaling starred as ben affleck and brenda withers starred as matt damon it's a really really funny throwback yeah. it's definitely from a time and a place you can find it entirely on youtube that's where you watched it lizzie correct yeah i watched it on youtube yeah and you know i gotta say it was aspirational for me when i was coming into screenwriting college in 2003 because it was it was the kind of like stunt writing that people were like oh my gosh you can write something about ben affleck and matt damon and make it this like funny satire yeah, yeah. and so a lot of people were trying those kinds of projects in that those early 2000s and you know i i think a lot of people wanted to be mindy kaling and you know get that get that 
choice spec out in front of the right person, get that attention, and then, you know, ascend to the office. But I think why she, you know, shot to fame the way that she did was she did it better and she did it first. Yeah, I did finally sit down and watch it on YouTube. And it is, it's so... The idea is so dumb and so yep. funny. Uh, it's just the, a long, hour-long sketch. <laughs> it's so funny, though. Yeah. It, it's such a dumb idea, so smartly done. And so, of course, it's it's not a dumb idea um, at its yes. core. But the premise basically being that there's no way that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon <laughs> wrote Goodwill Hunting. Right. And that it had to have dropped from God into their hands and then what they do with it. But, you know, it, it so clearly could have just been a bunch of, of jokes strung together at their expense. And it's not that. I highly recommend watching yeah. it. Mindy Kaling's Ben Affleck it will stay with me forever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's that's the other part of the magic trick of it is that they decided to play Matt and Ben. And, yes. you know, it started out is them impersonating Matt and Ben talking about writing Goodwill Hunting as just a goof. Like they were just kind of, you know, hanging out and doing these like kind of Boston voices, these like tough guy <laughs> voices, you know, taking them into a place that is not really where Matt <laughs> Matt Damon or Ben Affleck are as people, but just creating these kind of like caricatures and then eventually writing writing the play out of that and then winning a a international fringe fest comedy festival. Oh, wow. Yeah, with the play, getting an off-Broadway run, and then eventually, yes, um, ascending to the office where she uh <laughs> started taking over and doing kind of everything and and creating yeah. all these shows. Yeah. It's so, Mindy's world for sure. Yeah, and I'm yeah. glad that we're living in it. So that's why we are completely obsessed with the sex lives of college girls. And also that's why it's becoming other people's obsession as well. And we've been just watching it really climb movie meter since it released. And it's, uh, I think, peaking right at its finale, which is perfect timing. Renee, Pauline and Amrit are all top 1000 right now on Star Meter. And hopefully Aaliyah breaks in there, too, because I think she's really amazing. Mm hmm. We obviously want to know what you guys think of this show, so please go on IMDb and make sure that you rate it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Alex, what would you give it? I think, yeah, I'm, I'm probably in the 7 range. It was a little bit of a slow start, but once I got into those characters, I really loved it, and I want to, I want to see where they keep going with it. I'll, I'll, that number will come up. That okay. number will come up. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we are obsessed with the show and how it so realistically captures the college experience. And we'd love to hear from you what college movie or show you believe is the most realistic to your own experience. Tweet at us with the hashtag IMDb is obsessed, or you can email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. Thank you. That's the one. Speaking of the email, I'm very excited to reveal that we got our first email oh, wow. after the first episode. We'd asked last week uh, what your favorite period pieces are. We got a lot of great answers. So thank you so much, Jerry, for reaching out. Yes. It really meant a lot. Uh, Jerry said that one of her all-time favorite movies and definitely a period piece is Enchanted April. It's slow, but it's got lots of things underneath and it's just charming. Oh, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. I'm also not familiar with that. Adding it to my watch list. Uh, and then she was also absolutely enamored with Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yes, that was beautiful. Yes, absolutely. I love that one. I also have to shout out to our Twitter thread. I've never seen this many GIFs um, on one of our Twitter <laughs> threads. So that was pretty fun. Very well done. The most mentioned movie. I'm sure you can probably guess what this is, Alex. Ooh, no, I'm not really? sure. Yeah. For period piece, oh. I feel like it can go in so many yeah. different directions. What is it? It's 2005's Pride and Prejudice. Okay, well, that makes for a good gift. So I, I get yeah. it. You know, you're, you're looking at some very pretty people in a very beautiful setting. 
I don't know that I can see Matthew McFadden now without seeing Tom Wamsgams mm. from Succession. Mm. So it, it might ruin this movie <laughs> for me. Yes. Other frequent mentions that we got were Schindler's List, Barry Lyndon. Oh, gosh, yes. Mm-hmm, Bridgerton. And then my personal favorite, probably Sense and Sensibility. At Jamila Brownie said, Sense and Sensibility always makes me cry at the end. Me too. We also got a response from Hulu who said, we heard you say period piece, so we offer you Pen15 show, complete with a gif of Maya holding a gigantic (laughs) tampon. So thank you, Hulu. (laughs) All right. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. All right. Very, very good. You got me. I do also love that show so much. So that that was pretty fun. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. We also, of course, want to know what you guys think of the podcast. So leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. I would love to know what you like about the podcast, but also what you don't like about the podcast please tell us yeah we'll listen and probably change things yeah maybe we will maybe we won't or and or just try to leave a joke as funny as hulu because that was great seriously <laughs> it was very good i mean there were a lot of answers where people said carry and then they were like you know chuckling to themselves and i was right. like all right okay we get it thank you for any reviews that you do leave and we'll see you next week i hope so maybe we'll see yeah fingers crossed <laughs> bye